I'm your average everyday American citizen who cares about his country and the people in it. I care about the world and the way the world views America. Given these trying times that America faces today, I like to look at the issues and attack them with an objective mind. So maybe one day I won't feel so blue in this red Whoa. state. Zara Garrettson on feeling blue in a red state. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a new president. Um, Joseph R. Biden is now our president. Kamala Harris is now our vice president. And they've been busy. They have been busy. They are signing, exec Joe's been signing executive orders left and right. Um, well, let's get right down to it. Let's uh, let's do the, the two most talked about executive orders that he signed. Um, one was to stop uh, construction on the ridiculous border wall because this is the 21st century and we know now that walls are not impenetrable. Um, they're very easily uh, evaded. Uh, you can dig underneath them, for instance, uh, which we know the Mexicans can do because uh, the cartel had a tunnel all the way to fucking San Diego. Um, or or there's this, they could use a ladder and go over the, over the top of it or um, or you know a number of different things you know if it's just drugs they can use a drone they can you know uh, they can use a hand glider I mean they could use airplane um, there or a boat they could just go all the way to the shoreline and get in a boat and go around it um, there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of reasons why a wall is stupid um, that and <laughs> All of those things, plus the cost of the wall, which was gonna, which was gonna exceed sixty-six billion dollars, um, which Mexico was supposed to pay for. That was the promise, but of course they never had any intentions of ever paying for it. It was a complete lie, just like the other thirty thousand lies that Donald Trump told during his four-year presidency. Um, there's a. Um, the, the other executive order that a lot of people are talking about is the stopping the Keystone Pipeline, um, the construction on that. Now, uh, this has <laughs> stirred up widespread controversy, um, mainly being is that there were a lot of jobs in building this said wall, or this, I'm sorry, said pipeline. But let's talk about the real impact. Uh, building the Keystone Pipeline and opening up the tar sands will negatively impact national and local economies. Burning the recoverable tar sands oil will increase the Earth's temperature by a minimum of 2 degrees Celsius. Celsius, which NYU Law School Environmental Law Center estimates could permanently cut USD GDP growth by 2.5%. The same fossil fuel interests pushing the Keystone Pipeline have been cutting, not creating jobs, despite generating $546 billion in profits between 2005 and 2010, ExxonMobil, Chevron, Shell, and BP reduced their U.S. workforce by 11,200 employees over that period alone. And in 2010 alone, all top five oil companies slashed their global workforce by 4,400 employees. The same year, executives paid themselves nearly $220 million. But at least those working in the industry get paid high wages, right? Not so fast. Turns out 40% of U.S. oil industry jobs consist of minimum wage work at gas stations. 40%. Instead of bank, instead of bankrolling an industry that is laying off workers and threatening our economic future, 
it's time to take the billions and subsidies going to oil companies and invest instead in a sector of that both creates jobs and protects the planet like renewable energy unemployment will rise according to mark zandy chief uh, economist of moody's analytics superstorm stand sandy wreaked havoc on the job market in november slicing an estimated 86,000 jobs from payrolls in the wake of the hurricane irene the number of workers filing unemployment claims in Vermont went from 731 before Irene to 1,331 two weeks afterwards. Hurricane Katrina wiped out 129,000 jobs in the New Orleans region alone. Nearly 20% for the U.S. economy as a whole, 2011 cost the U.S. taxpayers $52 billion. Now. The reason I bring that up is because it's it's widely considered that uh, climate change were, was the main contributor to a lot of these major storms. Um, there's a lot of reasons why the pipeline is not a good thing. First of all, they claimed in eminent domain it, as a private company, and they won somehow, I don't know, but they went through a lot of people, they came right through where I live, my hometown, and they went through a lot of people's land that they didn't want they didn't want any part of it. They didn't want it on their land. But there they here they go, right through their land anyways, and there was nothing they could do about it um, because of eminent domain, which was never meant to be for private companies. This pipeline is bad for everybody. It, it's bad for the overall job market for the simple fact that these are companies that are laying off. There are companies that, are, that have consistently been laying off as automation has increased. And um, but yet they still receive the same subsidies that um, that they've always enjoyed. But you know what? If you're not employing our workers, then why why on earth would we give you subsidies? Because you're providing a a resource that's of a dying breed. Like our our fossil fuel industry doesn't need to be strong anymore, guys. We don't we do not need to rely on fossil fuels solely. I mean, there's always going to be a need for some of it. However. We do not need to power our country with fossil fuels. We just don't. Coal, gas, oil, whatever, none of that. We don't need that. I know that that sounds crazy, right? But you mean to tell me that Germany can completely power their entire country on renewable energy, but we can't do it? Give me a break. Why, what, what about solar? I know everybody says, well, it's not, it's not sunny every day, but it is in the desert. Why couldn't we put some solar solar power plants out in the desert? And I mean, what what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with having windmills? We've got, it's windy every day. The thing is, is we have the technology and we have the ability to power our country with renewable energy. Not only will it create jobs but it will save the planet from the obvious, obvious signs of damage that we've done to it, burning fossil fuels for all these years. At some point, we have to start thinking about how we're going to, oops, how we're going to leave the planet for our children. If not our children, at least our grandchildren. We have to. We have to start considering other people other than ourselves. We've been selfish for far too long. Why is building sustainable um, energy good? 
I mean, other than the obvious reasons. We obviously know that it's better for the environment. But are there other gains other than the environment? Are there, are there economic gains by doing this? Well, of course there are. Think about that. We don't have to buy anything. The sun comes out. We get it. We have to, you know, we have to, we have to foot the initial cost, sure. But where oil and coal and all that comes in, you have to drill for it. You have to, it's, it's a resource that you have to work to get, but, but not with renewables. Not, and that's a great thing. And they admit no pollution. So you're looking at, you're looking at a huge, huge, huge benefits right out of the gates. Building the sustainable economy, not, a, not the Keystone Pipeline, will create far more jobs. Our nation is in desperate need of jobs. Approving the Keystone Pipeline locks our nation into the trajectory of guaranteed job loss and threatens the stability threatens of the already outperforming other sectors of the economy. For example, the solar industry continues to be an engine of job growth, creating jobs six times faster than the overall job market. Research by Solar Foundation shows that 13% growth in high-skilled solar jobs spanning installation, sales, marketing, manufacturing, and software development, bringing the total direct jobs to 119,000 in this section. And according to the Political Econo Economy Research Institute, at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, investment in green infrastructure program would create nearly four times as many jobs as an equal investment in oil and gas. There you have it, guys. That, that's not even factoring in wind. <coughs> 119,000 new jobs. So the argument that, um, that cutting the pipeline is actually... Uh, it's a bogus argument, but you're going to see it a lot, and and it's impossible to change these people's minds. They um they just uh they just spit out Republican talking points, and that's all they do. And that's fine. Let them let them think that. We don't have to listen to the Republicans anymore, guys. The Republicans do not have the House. The Republicans do not have the Senate, and the Republicans do not have the presidency. So guess how much I give a shit what a Republican says right now. Pretty much zero shits. Now, it would be nicer if we had a supermajority in the Senate, but we don't. But we've got some smart people in the Senate that um, they can work work around the filibuster, um, which I think they need to get rid of. A majority should be a majority. We shouldn't have to need a supermajority to get shit passed. When it comes to the pipeline, and I know, you know, you hear you hear people say it all the time, you know that we shouldn't we shouldn't have cut that because it was a lot of union jobs but guys if we invest in renewable energy we create twice as many jobs hands down so you're gonna see the whole job killing whatever biden's cut all these jobs already and that's what the democrats are good for and blah 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 just let it let it go let it slide because you know what they're wrong they're wrong Okay, let's see what else. What else has Biden done? Oh, okay. Um, first, first day in office, he eliminated the travel ban, which has uh, famously been dubbed the Muslim ban, which was basically barring, barring uh, people from entering our country from countries that were predominantly of Muslim faith. Um, 
complete violation of the First Amendment, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so he eliminated that, which I believe is good. He's already got plans in place for um, vaccinations for COVID. He's got another uh, relief package drawn up already, ready to go. He's got enough, he's got the House votes. He needs the Senate votes. Um, and if he doesn't get the Senate votes, if he doesn't get the 60 he needs, then he'll do it through uh, budget reconciliation, which Bernie's already proposed. So um, that's that's how we'll deal with them. Uh, Republicans are going to call it dirty, but they did it. They did it to pass the ridiculous tax incentive uh, that Trump, you know, the tax cut that cost us two trillion dollars. So you know what? That that two trillion dollar tax cut that that uh, cut the taxes for billionaires. This relief package is less than two trillion by a little bit, not much, but it's going to benefit the people that actually need the help. That should tell you something right there, guys. And here's another thing. Another thing that I don't understand is that um, middle-class white factory workers are predominantly Trump supporters. They were predominantly Trump supporters. And I don't understand it. Guys, he's not one of you. He's not. He doesn't give a shit about you. He doesn't give a shit about anybody but himself. But I promised I wasn't going to talk about Trump, and I already am. Um, but the Republicans in general, they don't care about you. They care about lining their pockets. They care about big corporations. They don't care about you or whether or not you um, can pay your bills on time or whether or not you get provided you know, an affordable health care plan through your employer. They don't care about any of that. They care about their bottom line, their bottom line. And past that bottom line, they care about how high they can get above that bottom line. They care about how much money is going to uh, go into their pockets. They care about um, widening the wealth gap, not closing the wealth gap. It's, it's clear, it's clear if you just look past the shit that gets regurgitated on Fox News and OAN and Newsmax and those bullshit misinformation sources that you guys constantly post on Facebook and Twitter. Those are not real life. Those are not real things. The fact of the matter is, the fact is, the Democrats are far better for your economic future and they always will be. Always will be. They're not giving away free stuff nonstop like you think. They, sure, they have programs in place to help people who are down on their luck. You know what, though? Those programs should exist. People need help sometimes. And you know what? We pay taxes our whole lives. We should get something for that every now and then. And if that means helping some people that just lost their job for an extra couple months until they find another job, then by God, I think we should do it. Why are we so cruel? One of the common things I hear about is immigration. And um, this, this goes back to the border wall and um, how we've got all these illegal immigrants coming over and you know we're supporting them. Our tax dollars are supporting them. But you know, it kind of goes back to um, the whole what's the symptom, what's the disease argument here. You can make this argument for this too. 
I'll go ahead and explain that. Those people are coming across the border for a reason. They're not coming across the border because they think our weather is nicer in Texas than it is in Mexico. It's not. It's the same. It's not far enough, not far enough away. Um, the reason they're coming over is because they know that they can find work. Now, if these are illegal immigrants and companies are hiring them, that is the disease. The companies that are hiring them. If you stop hiring illegal immigrants, they will quit coming over here because they won't they will know that they can't get a job when they come over here unless they do it the legal way. You you get company and you hold companies accountable to this. To this and you fine them when they break the law and you know instead of deporting these people that are just trying to put food on their families' tables, maybe you start deporting some of these CEOs that are, that are in charge of hiring these people. Maybe you start doing something like that or start fining them or take away their salary or put them in jail. I don't care what you do, but hold them accountable somehow enough to where it deters them from doing it. Because if you don't, you're going to have a constant flow. And I don't give a shit how tall of a wall you build. They will find a way over here because they know that they're desperate. They need to put food on the table. They And they will come over here because they know that these companies will hire them. Why do these companies hire them, you may ask? Because they're illegal. They hire them for that fact because then they don't have to adhere to the laws like the minimum wage. They don't have to provide them benefits. They don't have to pay any extra form. It's under the table. They don't have to pay anything for it. It's worth it for them. So, and in, I mean, in actuality, yeah, they, they're going to save money. But, you know, what do they do with that money that they're saving? Do they do it to raise the wages of, um, you know, the uh, legal employees they have? No. No, they do it to line their pockets or buy more stock. That's what they do. And uh, so the, so when you when you really think about it, you know, and, and the other people, the other people that are coming over, other than the ones that are coming over to work, are asylum seekers. These are people that are escaping oppressive places and, you know, and ruthless dictators in order to try to get themselves a better life. They're trying, they're, they're leaving because they know that they're not going to survive where they're at. They're coming up here because they were told that this is the land of the free. They thought maybe, you know, maybe if we can make it all the way to America, maybe we can start a life. Maybe we can start a life, a better life for our families. And what are we doing? We're building a wall and telling them, sorry, turn around and go back to your dictator. We're not taking any new customers right now. Give me a fucking break. You're not going to let these people in that travel thousands of miles, many of them, at a chance for a better life. We're going to turn them away. What? How? How does that make us human? It's embarrassing. It sure isn't how I want to be representative. I do not want to be represented that way. I don't want to be known as the kind of person that would turn away an asylum seeker at the border or separate them from their kids because they wanted a chance at a better life. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be associated with a country that that is willing to do that. That is not right. That makes us inhumane. 
We deport people that are trying to come over here and work. They're not trying to come over here and, and get free stuff, as everybody likes to say. They're coming over here to work because they know that companies will hire them. And then they say, well, well they could just come through the legal way. Really? Have you seen how hard that is? you know how long it takes? It takes years sometimes. Asylum seekers, they don't have years. They barely have days. They need... They sure as hell don't have years. At some point, you have to start thinking about what you're talking about and what, what you're proposing. You know, you, you want to do, you want to drive this hard line on immigration, but you forget that how, how was this country ever formed? Did we just grow up out of the ground right here in America? No, we immigrated here. We slaughtered the American Indians and stole it. But we immigrated here too. We, why, why on earth, just because we were born here doesn't make us any less deserving of the freedoms that we're supposed to have here. They should have an opportunity like our ancestors did when they came here. It has to start somewhere. It always has to start somewhere. These people are just trying to start a better life for their future generations of their family. And why on earth would we turn that away? I'm going to let you in on another secret. I work in a place. We don't hire illegals, but we hire a lot of Mexican people. And, um, and, and you know what? They are the nicest, best workers. They, they don't ever complain hardly. They work their butts off. They always are at work. They usually are in a positive attitude and they're very friendly. They are some of the best employees you will ever have. They would be great citizens to be adding to a country that is so bitter right now. You, you could add some people that have such an optimistic outlook. Like it would not hurt us to let these people in. And by God, if you're providing asylum for them, think of how appreciative they'll be. They're not here to exploit our country. They're here to embrace it. Let them embrace it. There's a guy that lives in South America. This is a true story. Lives in South America in a country that is a dictator who's very oppressive. He is a tyrant and he is performing genocide on his people. This man has a wife and two small children. One of them five, one of them eight. They decide to pack up their things, as much of their things as they can, and start walking. They sleep where they can. They, they, uh, people, some people take them in when they can. People provide them food sometimes. Sometimes they have to hunt for their food. These people are, and they're, and they're on a mission. They have one goal, and that is to get to America. These people have gone through unendurable heartache. His wife has been raped multiple times by soldiers of this oppressive country that he's coming from. He has been beaten nearly to death. His kids have been beaten. 
they they're facing famine. They are facing they have no no financial means. They have nothing. All they have is a dream. They have a dream that they are going to come 2000 miles on foot to try to find a better life. It's going to take a year at least for them to get here. They have gone through the worst things imaginable, unimaginable heat, unimaginable cold. They've had to deal with wild animals. They've had to deal with huge insects. They've had to deal with snakes. They've had to deal with um, people, criminals. They've had to deal with everything negative that you could possibly think of. They've had to deal with it. And yet they still press forward because they have a dream. They have a hope. They have a mission. They continue to move forward. It's been a year now. They've got a few hundred miles left to go, but the light at the end of the tunnel is getting brighter. They push forward through sickness, through famine, nearing starvation. They continue. They continue even more. And then they can see their destination the American border, the land that, that this man has promised his kids would be the turning point, that, would, that this man had promised that, that America was great and that America would let them come in and America would take care of them and feed them and give them everything they need as long as they worked for it. This is what this man has been telling this kid, these kids, these small kids that have walked five or 2,000 miles He's told him that because that's what we are supposed to be about. He's told him that. He's promised his wife that he would have a house for her someday and that she could live in and she could do dishes and she could cook and he promised the, the kids that they would be able to go to school. They would be able to learn how to read, learn how to write. That if they got sick, they would be able to go to a hospital and get taken care of and get made better. All they had to do is get to America. And then they get to the border and there's a huge wall there and a man armed with a assault rifle pointing it at them saying what are you doing here the man says I am here to seek asylum from an oppressive government Please, could you spare our lives and let us in so we can try to get healthy and then try to make a positive impact on your country. We want to be citizens. We want to pay our own way. We just want in so we can have a better life. What do you say to that person? What do you say to that man knowing that story? Do you say, sorry, turn around, walk the 2,000 miles back or do you say, come in, sir, let, let, me, let me get you some food, let me get you some water, let me, let me give you a mattress to lay on for the night, we'll talk about this tomorrow, we'll see what we can do, we'll get it started, 
get it started, get your citizenship started. Why is that a bad thing? Why would that be a bad thing? Because right now, what we do is we say, you and the wife stay there. We're taking the kids. We're gonna go put them in a cage and then we're gonna separate you from them for trying to enter our country. The land of the free. Is anybody okay with that? Does anybody hear that story and be like, yeah, that sounds about right? Or does it infuriate you like it does me? This is what the right is about. The Republicans are about this. Let me tell you another story. A woman goes to a party. She's in college, doing the normal kid things. There was a football game, they won. Her favorite team won, her alma mater won. Where she was going to school, they won. They won the national championship, so they go to a party. She goes to a party to celebrate the big win. She's over 21, it's perfectly legal for her to go to a party. She's having a blast, she has to go to the bathroom. All of a sudden, a guy follows her in forces her to have sex with him, slaps her around until she's crying, bleeding, and leaves her laying there and just walks out like nothing ever happened. She doesn't tell anybody. She's too scared to tell anybody. Then she misses her period. She goes to the doctor, finds out she's pregnant. The only person she's had sex with is the person that raped her. There's no way she can carry this baby. There's no way she can have this baby. It is a constant reminder of the pain and suffering she went through on that horrible night. So she does what people in desperate situations do. She makes a terrible, or she makes a hard, hard, terribly hard choice to terminate the pregnancy. She's in a state, Alabama, where they've pretty much outlawed abortion. So by getting this abortion, the authorities are uh, contacted. They put her on trial for having an abortion. She, pen she explains the situation and they don't care. They go arrest him too. Sure, they put him on trial. They both get found guilty. And the woman who was raped and had to make the hard decision to terminate the pregnancy because it reminded her of the worst night of her life over and over again. Gets sentenced to a longer sentence than the person that raped her. Does that sound okay to you? Does that sound, listening to that story, does that sound okay? Because that is what the Republicans have pushed for. That's what they did in Alabama. The person who raped the woman gets less time than the woman who gets an abortion because she didn't want to have a rape baby. How is that okay? How can you look at that and say it's all right and then live with yourself? It's not okay. It's never gonna be okay. And they're never out for your interest. They're only out for their own agenda. You can say, 
that abortion is murder, but it's not. And people that are pro-choice are not pro-abortion. That is another thing that is commonly misconstrued. Being pro-choice means that you are, you do not want the government to be involved in that decision on whether or not you want to carry a baby to term or not. Now, the party of small government, like the Republican Party, should be all for this idea that the government not get involved in this decision. But, of course, they're not. This is something that the Republicans and Democrats should agree on, but they don't. These are just things that, you know, they they get spun in a different direction and they, and they get spun into these talking points that make it sound not that bad. But these are the realities. These are the realities. You want to have a pipeline go through everybody's property that doesn't want it, that doesn't want it there? To, to, feel, to fuel this need that we think we have on oil when we have other resources available that would actually build, would actually create way more jobs if we would just embrace these renewable resources and it would be better for the environment that we're destroying at an astronomical level. You want to uh, blame the immigrants for coming here because they know that they can find jobs when there's companies illegally hiring them and paying them starvation wages because they know they can and then we're gonna deport the immigrant, not the CEO? You think that's okay? Who's committing a worse crime? One is committing a crime in the interest of survival. The other one is in the interest of being greedy. Which one should we hold accountable? Why are we only holding one? If you can only hold one of those accountable, which one should it be? The one that's greedy or the one that's needy? Should be an easy answer. Asylum seekers, we're gonna turn them away after they've traveled all this way. They had a chance for a better life, just like our ancestors did. We're gonna turn them away. Who are we to say that? You're okay with that? What about the woman who ends up in prison for having an abortion because she was raped and then she's in prison longer than the person that raped her? You're okay with that? Because by saying you're a Republican, you're saying you're okay with all of this. Thank you.